You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. One of the cool things I get to do is I get to meet some heroes, some rock stars in dentistry that are truly transforming lives and doing some very cool stuff in this very noble profession of dentistry. Today, I interview one of them, Karen Raposa. You've got to watch this. She shares her story and how you can transform lives by treating patients with autism. It's a cool episode. Hope you guys enjoy it. We'll see you soon. Hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, What's really cool about this is I get to meet a lot of heroes, rock stars in dentistry uh, that you may not know who they are. And I get to meet them and we get to share their stories and hopefully it improves your life. And today we're going to be talking about transforming lives and how you can do that with treating autism patients with Karen Raposa. So Karen, thanks for being on. I really appreciate you. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, yeah. I want people to know your story. You know, in full transparency, you and I are meeting for the first time. My team said, you got to interview her. So I'm like, all right, let's do it. So tell us your story for somebody that's listening. Who, who, wh- who is Karen Raposa? What do you do? How'd you get into this? Well, so I'm a dental hygienist by trade, but I'm also a mom. So those two combined things really are where my journey started. Uh, So I had been in private practice for quite a long time. And when my third child was born, uh, probably pretty early, we realized he was not developing well. And by the time he was two years old, he was diagnosed with autism, which is actually pretty young. The average age of diagnosis for children today is still about five or six years old. And I learned very quickly, I didn't learn much in my dental hygiene education about how to help someone with autism when they're in your dental chair. And I realized, okay, now I have to become an expert in autism. And I know a little bit about dentistry. So I need to help the world of dentistry understand how they can help people like my son 
uh, when they come for a dental visit. And, you know, when it comes to autism, if you've met one person with autism, that's it. You've met one person with autism. So there can be misconceptions that, oh, I just do the same thing for everybody and it's going to help everybody who has autism. But every individual with autism is entirely different. My son happens to be significantly impaired, very little verbal ability, lots of aggressions sometimes, depending depending how frightened he is, some self-injurious things. I mean, he's really the patient that if you can have success with him, you can have success with any patient. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, what an important cause. This is awesome. I do want to ask you about that. What are some of, let, let's start with the big picture. What are some of the big misconceptions that you see when it comes to, and, and, and also we're, we're going to talk about this later. You also have a book, you wrote a book, but like, let's start at the big level of misconceptions. So I think, unfortunately, a lot of it is because of the media. What the media tends to show is people who are higher functioning with autism, because there are people who maybe are not comfortable socially, but they're brilliant. They're savants and they can play instruments amazing or they can you know, go through life when it comes to their education very easily. But it's a spectrum. And I think that's the misconception. People don't realize what does that mean spectrum? Well, it means that some people with autism may be extremely intelligent and some people may be severely impaired intellectually. And socially, some people may be able to communicate well and get along with others and other people may not have that ability at all. And some may need someone to care for them right. for their entire life and other people may be very independent. And I think the misconception is that it's just this one kind of um, image that you might have in your mind and it can most of the time individuals like my son you don't hear about on tv programs or in the news or <laughs> unless something really bad happens right right and and talk about the importance of this in dentistry you know dentistry is an incredibly noble profession it's awesome and as we put these two together if i'm a young dental student listening like how what should i know about this so in general, Kirk, most people go into dentistry because they want to help people. Right. What tends to happen with the autism population is most of the time a dentist, a hygienist, an assistant wants to help. They're just afraid they might do the wrong thing. And so instead of trying something, very often they choose not to help. Right. Uh, and people with autism are human beings and deserve that valuable lifelong dental health just like everybody else does but it and i can understand i didn't know anything about autism i was right. a hygienist prior to my son i probably would have done the exact same thing and been oh my goodness i don't want to do something wrong i don't want to and have this end up being a bad situation so i'm just going to see if I, I can find another place for this patient to go yeah and the reality is there really are not places for these individuals to go. Everybody needs to chip in and help a little bit to make a huge impact. Yeah. And talk about that. The joy on the other side of making an impact. And really, this is the whole, you know, the whole just of the podcast episode is transforming lives. What happens on the other side when you embrace this incredible opportunity? So can you imagine being someone who you know, you've, you're working with this person, you've learned that this person doesn't speak to anybody. Imagine if they speak to you because they've 
learned how you value them. They've learned how much you care for them. I love the phrase, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So at the end of the day, as a dental professional, most of the time you're exhausted. Imagine how exhilarated you would feel if you helped someone who no one else was able to help and you helped them feel better, not have to have major dental care because you're helping prevent major problems in their mouth. You can change somebody's life. You can have a major impact on somebody's life by keeping them out of pain. Imagine being somebody who can't speak and you have a toothache and you're banging your face because you're trying to help somebody understand and you're suffering every day. As dental professionals, we can prevent that from happening to somebody. Yeah. Absolutely. So, and then talk about the care provided. Now, before, as you started to get involved with this cause and you investigated and started doing some research on the care that gets provided for autism, what can you share with us about what you learned in that whole process, you know, and and what we need to know? What I learned historically was most of the time these individuals were sent to, even if they were adults, sent to a pediatric dentist because they could do some in-office sedation. And if they couldn't do it in office, they'd take them to the hospital and sedate them. And, you know, I consider that a form of restraint. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that's really where the good news is dentistry is changing. There are some amazing organizations that are advocates for this population now. The American Academy of Developmental Medicine and Dentistry is the first one that comes to mind because they're dentists and developmental doctors who are working together to advocate, to get these individuals care, to get them preventive care in a regular dental setting so it doesn't get to the point where they have to be sedated or restrained. Or, you know, we talk about protective stabilization today, actually, because you are protecting that person. When you say restraint, that's when you're doing it because you don't have good intention but protecting and stabilizing someone so that they can have regular dental care and they can be healthy for their life is a totally different concept. And there's a lot of good conversation happening around that because there's risks in sending somebody to hospital to be fully sedated for dental care when you know that a lot of that could have been prevented by taking some simple steps to help that person. Absolutely. And so as you started, and again, as you embarked on this cause, you didn't, I'm guessing you didn't limit it just to autism. When you talk about developmental disorders, there were, there were other important people that were included in this cause. Can you talk about that? You're absolutely right. So uh, uh, there's a lot of conversation around intellectual disability slash developmental disability, ID slash DD. And so we don't use the word It used to be in a medical dictionary's mental retardation, and we've moved away from that. We talk about, really, we like to talk about what people's abilities are. (laughs) Everybody has different abilities, but anybody who has some type of intellectual impairment where, where they can't communicate well, I mean, just imagine living your life. And you know what? Every one of us, Kirk, is one step away from impairment. I mean, I could have a stroke tomorrow. You could have a bad car accident tomorrow. Think about the way you would like to be treated if you couldn't communicate well anymore. That's really what it's all about. Yeah, it's amazing the stories in dentistry, you know. 
meeting people that are just the heroes, unsung heroes. Uh, I've met the geriatric tooth fairy, people that actually provide dentistry. It's so cool. And all they talk about is the fulfillment on the other side. So let's say I'm a young practitioner and I'm listening and I'm 32 and I'm like, Karen, I totally understand. Like, how do I start this journey? Like on the education side, like help me, help me take the first couple steps. That's a great question. I think the first step is to get involved with an organization like AADMD because you're going to be then surrounded by other dentists and doctors who are helping people in this population. Uh, you do need to go beyond your uh, your DMD or DDS generally um, because you're going to need a little bit more skill set in working with people who have different impairments. So whether it's a, a GPR specialty or um, or a, a um, you know at least a AGD, a little bit of an advanced education is going to be really helpful because in these cases you're going to want to be good at the dentistry, but you got to know how to help that person in general. And um, if you're good at the dentistry, then you can concentrate on the on the other pieces of it a little bit more. Um, and surrounding yourself by people who have taken this journey before you, and they're all going to have different paths because there isn't a specialty in dentistry yet <laughs> for patients who need this type of dental care. I believe it will come one day and one day soon. In fact, there are some uh, studies being done right now to see some feasibility studies to see if there would be something like that. But I have the privilege of talking very often uh, in my full-time job with dental students. And when I speak to them, I actually have a course that I do on this topic. And I'm always, always blessed with emails or someone coming, several students coming up afterwards saying, I want to do this. Yeah. This is what I want to do with my career. How do I do it? Yeah. Um, so that would be my advice is to get involved with those organizations and follow the people who are the pioneers and who've done it before you. Yeah. And so when you do dental schools have been very receptive to your education, um, that's just a great place to start. Those kids are so hungry for knowledge. Uh, yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, what's changing is, you know, the ADA and the, uh, the Americans Disabilities Act. So, a lot of that is changing because we used to be able to say, oh, I'm not capable in this dental office of providing that kind of care. Uh, and now there are um, laws that say you can't do that, right? So if you can't, then you have to follow up, find the right for this person and make sure that that person is getting the care. You can't just send them away and say, can't help. Uh, there has to be some more management and follow up to make sure the person does get what they need. So, so we're moving in the right direction. Yeah. And now how many years have you been involved in this cause? Like how many years in it? My son is 22 years old. Okay. So I have been involved for 20 years because he was two years old when he was diagnosed. That's so well, been a dental hygienist longer than that, but I won't tell you how long because then you'll probably know my age. Yeah, no, no, that's okay. That's okay. I, I just, I, I love to hear your story and put the pieces of your journey together. And so you ended up writing a book. Tell me like how that came together. What was your, what, what was what was your motivation? What was the opportunity to educate people? How did that come together? What's the book about? And like, give us the gist of that. Yeah, so the title is Treating the Dental Patient with a Developmental Disability. And this really came as a result of the course that I was giving because that, it, it literally took off. 
The very first time I gave it was for the Maryland Dental Hygienist Association and people started talking. And we know, you know, even back then was with before social media, really. Yeah. I mean, maybe there was my space. I right. don't know. Oh, but, yeah. um, but it took off. And when I started getting all these requests to share this information, I realized you know, there must be a book about this. Maybe I could include it in my course and help help people get further information. So I started doing research and it didn't exist. And I was at a dental meeting one day where Wiley Blackwell had a table and I walked up to him. I said, where's your book on, you know, how to treat people in dentistry who have different types of um, intellectual disabilities or developmental disabilities? They literally said, we need a book like that, but we haven't found anybody yeah. who is able to kind of put that content together for us. So my question was, well, how do I submit a proposal? And then Dr. Steve Perlman, who has been a blessing in my life, he was at Boston University. He was teaching pediatric dentistry. He was my son's dentist for a little while. Steve knows everybody, everybody, everybody. And so I reached out to him and I said, look, you know all the people. I'm happy to edit the content and do the content that is applicable for a dental hygienist. And he was like, let's do this. And so we have contributing authors for that book in different chapters from all over the world. And I had the privilege of working with all of them to put the content together. And it it's still on you know, the bookshelves of a lot of schools and residents will purchase and doctors will purchase and um, really is a really valuable content for the actual what to do piece of this whole story. Yeah. And so if I'm, uh, I'm listening right now, where can I find the book? Can I find it on Amazon or where, where would I get it? You can find it on Amazon or you can find it on Wiley Blackwell um, Publishing on their website as well. Awesome. And if you're listening and not taking notes, we're taking notes for you. So just flip down to the notes section and you'll see we're going to put a link in there right to Karen's book. And I'm going to encourage you to check it out um, and uh, you can go straight there. And so, Karen, any last thoughts you have or anything you'd want listeners to know about this journey and how they can better transform lives by getting involved in this great cause? I, you know, I just think... Uh, you don't really know what you don't know and you never know how you can impact a person's life in a major way. I know mo most all of your listeners went into dentistry to really want to help people. Um, this is a major way that you can help someone. And if every dentist and dental hygienist in this country just decided I'm going to help one person who has a pretty significant intellectual impairment. I'm going to be an advocate for that one person, someone they may have no one else in their life who advocates for them. Imagine how you can change their life and in that process, change your own. I love it. I love it. Now I know my, why my team said, you got to interview her. You are truly transforming lives and uh, you're making it happen. So great, great job. Thank you so much for being on today. So I do it from the bottom of my heart for my son, my son, Tommy. So thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you guys. And uh, thank you for being on Karen. Stick around while we say goodbye to everybody else. But 
Uh, I'm just going to encourage you guys, please check out Karen's book. Uh, and I really appreciate you guys listening. This is just an important cause. And as you're going to find, if you're a young dentist, this is just an amazing, noble profession. It's so cool when you can meet great people and improve people's lives. And it makes your life better, just like Karen said. So until we see you guys next time. Keep watching the best practices show and keep transforming lives. You guys have a great day. We'll see you soon. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm going to spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.